Cuphead and all hope listeners, you're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi folks, Glenn, old man Grognard back, and it is uh, Thursday morning. No, it's a Wednesday morning, actually. I don't know, I just kind of lose track of the time sometimes. Uh, and counting down for North Texas, of course. Old news. Got a game tomorrow night. I think it's my last game before the con, which should be fun. It's my 5e Mythgarther game run by my friend Matt Evans. Hi, Matt. How you doing? And first thing I want to take care of is last acting thoughts. I don't know why I couldn't put this all in the episode, but this is... This is the last thing I'm going to say about acting behind the screen, and then I'm going to leave it alone for a while. The thing about acting behind the screen, if you want to do it, is the fact that it it does help the immersion, as uh, my other friends said. Because I noticed, maybe it's just my group, but I've seen this in more than one group, that if you start acting or doing those things behind the screen, the players will reciprocate. Most often, the players will reciprocate. And what it does is, I'm not trying to show off. Although I do get a kick out of playing a lot of characters. I'm not really trying to show off. What I'm trying to do is to, in a subtle way, tell the players, I can do it. You do it. I'm basically trying to get get them to come up to that level. Because that level's where the real enjoyment is, as far as I'm concerned. Other people may have another opinion of that, but as far as I'm concerned, if I can get them to interact with me on the same level I am interacting on, then everybody has fun. Everybody has more fun. It sounds a little egoti- I know it sounds a little egotistical. I'm not trying to be egotistical, but I I always do things to try in a game, anyway, I try to do things to make the player be better. Make the quality of the role-playing be better. And I'm always trying to achieve that. So that's pretty much my modus operandi. Anyway, that's the last I'm going to talk about it. I won't talk about it for a while now. Right now, got a voicemail from Josh Beckelheimer. Hey, Josh, thank you. And let's take a listen. Hey, Glenn. Josh Beckelheimer here. And there's one thing I love about what you said on your the episode with the um, NPC stat block was how you put down the damage, but not the damage type. I didn't even I don't know why I never thought of that before, and it's great because really NPCs, monsters, they should be breaking the rules of the game. And plus, it adds that extra fluff and flavor to the game. It makes the characters more interesting. For example, say if they were just fighting a standard wizard, you could just make it to where the arm of the wizard turns into like a dragon head and he bites down on one of the um, PCs. And it gets that flavor and something new and exciting rather than the whack of a staff or anything like that. So thanks for that and keep it up. I love your podcast, man. Thank you, Josh. That was pretty good. I'm glad he enjoyed that. I don't know if he misspoke or or what, but what I do is write down the damage, as in how many how many dice of damage it does. Not like 
I remember seeing in the old, a lot of the older ones, they put like 2 to 16 where you have to go, okay, what kind of die is this? I used to hate that. So I just put down attack, goblin attack, 1d6, and that could be any kind of weapon or their claws or whatever. That's kind of a recap. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. And it is very, very handy because you can change it up as you go. If you have something special, like I like to use knolls. So I also have the flind, which is like super knoll. It was like knoll on steroids, you know, the boss knoll. And they have something called a flind bar, which does a set amount of damage. So I will put flind, flind bar and the damage. If I don't remember it, if I see it's a flint, okay, that's probably the flint bar because it'll do more damage. So that's the way I do it. Once again, thank you, Josh. And okay, this is going to be another part of the, uh, this is going to be another part of the movie thing, using movies in your games as plots. This time I want to focus on another Western. They ain't all going to be Westerns. Don't worry. I'm going to run out of those real quick. And I want to talk about the Western Real Bravo by Howard, directed by Howard Hawks. Some of you younger people may have seen it on TV. Never know. And it stars John Wayne, Dean Martin, Ricky Nelson, Angie, Dick, Angie Dickinson. I don't know why I'm having all these name problems today. And it is an interesting plot that can be very well adapted to the role-playing game milieu. Once again, I'm going to use fantasy because that seems to, that seems to be the default. If you can do it in to me, if you can do it in fantasy, you can do it in any other genre. So, what you got basically is a siege. What happens is this one cowpoke. He shoots a guy in cold blood for trying to keep him from beating up the town drunk. So they got to hold on to him in the jail until the marshal comes through to take him over to to trial to the to the capital. And the sheriff has to deal with people trying to get in, mainly his brother who is a powerful cattle baron, I guess, in the town. And he's not going to see his brother hang or go on trial or anything. So he hires guns to try and get him out. And that's basically the situation. It's a siege situation, which can be very, very interesting. You don't have to go somewhere to have a great game. You could do it all in one place or around one place. In this case, the siege is not only the jail, but the town, because he's got the town bottled up too. And... What you, like I said, what you had is a siege that could be adapted to anything else. You've got certain character types, like the sheriff, stalwart guy, real, you know, up, up, upstanding, you know, he does what's right. It's John Wayne. So there you go. You can do anything from a head constable in a fantasy town to a paladin. In fact, it might be a paladin they're waiting on to pick up this guy, whoever did it. I like to use the old, it's a powerful wizard, and it's his brother, his no-good brother, who can't, you know, he can't, you can't let him go and 
get taken to the kingdom to the to, in front of the king to answer for his crimes because he may die. They may kill him or something. So he's gonna he's gonna not only throw higher guns. Here's the thing: if you use like magic, because you get the whole magic thing, use magic. You can also throw beasties or anything else you want to throw at him. Now, like I said, back to the cast. We've got the stalwart character. His deputy, who is an old man with a gimpy leg, Walter Brennan. So that could be a grumpy dwarf. It doesn't have to be exactly the same way. Or some guy who just, he's old, he's he's kind of crotchety, that kind of thing. These are all player characters I'm talking about. They don't have to fit exactly in here, but it gives you an idea of what they're doing. He has this other deputy who's an alcoholic because he got dumped by this girl a long time ago and he crawled into a bottle and never got out. So he gets back and he has to deal with his demons, whatever that is. You could. I always thought it'd be interesting if you had like the Dean Martin character, the, the drunk character. Instead of being an alcoholic, he's cursed. Say he's uh, got lycanthropy, so they have to deal with that at least once a month. It might be a little dangerous, but hey, you know, danger is their business. You also got another deputy, the Ricky Nelson character, who's new. He's a green kid, but he's a dead shot. He is, he's, he's a good kid, but he is kind of green. So you have this great dynamic. Plus, you got the Andy Dickinson character, who's the saloon girl who came into town with, a, you know, she's a gambler, and she could be no good, but she takes the hero side, blah, 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 blah. And you could fill it in with other types. So you have a great siege situation here. I, in the very brief period where I ran GURPS Fantasy, I used this. I made... Uh, the Stumpy character, the Walter Brennan character, an NPC. And I also made the Sheriff an NPC, but everybody else was player characters. And we had fun. I had this guy throw, you know, he would hire brigands to try and get him out. Whenever they stepped out of the jail, you know, they'd try and, they'd try and bushwhack somebody, the Sheriff or whoever, the PCs. He had spells... They had to throw. I also made. I also made one of the characters. I think it was the Stumpy character, a um, a mage of some sort, or cleric. Cleric would be interesting, where they threw an around an anti magic shell around the jail. It was kind of a powerful spell, but he managed to do it. So they couldn't like teleport a an owlbear in the middle of the jail or something. But they could also do other things to them. I think the, the shell failed at one point. And so the mage used this as an advantage to teleport brigands in there to, to try and mind control a few characters, uh, charm a few characters, things like that. It was, it was pretty much a free-for-all. And they made it until the the knight or whoever, the paladin who was supposed to take him away, take him away. It worked great. It was a wonderful, it was a wonderful scenario. And it could work great for you too. You just got to start thinking about these things. Go watch Rio Bravo. You will get ideas. 
I had a few ideas while I was running it that worked out great. I even stole a couple from another Western I know, El Dorado, which is Howard Hawks and John Wayne again, which is basically a reworking of this story. But I did the old thing where the young guy, ran, they had a bunch of cowpokes r- racing through town on horses, and he had his trusty shotgun there, and the kid ran in the middle of it. It did just like James Conn did in El Dorado. He ran into it and had the horses jump over him. And when the last guy... The last guy went, he fired his he fired his shotgun in his back. Or what am I talking about, shotgun? Um, see, I, I run kind of a... My world's got kind of steampunk characters, so they got like, you know, BB... Uh, not BB guns, but like air rifle type shotguns and stuff. So, yeah, he f- fired that in the middle of his back and got one of them. So, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. It's a great way to pump up your scenario. But if, like I said, another plot, other plots from movies. Once again, go out, watch Road Bravo, watch Ride the High Country, ride, watch whatever the heck else I'm talking about, and use it for your game. It's great. It's a lot of fun. Okay, so that's what I got this week, or I should say this day. And so I will talk to you people next time. You have a good day. Keep the dice warm. And we'll see you. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.